Hello, 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 and welcome everybody. My name is Kayla, and this is my new podcast, Divine Film Rising. Um, I know you don't really know anything about me, so I'm going to kind of explain what I do um, and how it pertains to now, basically, and how it's meant to basically catapult us into a new future. So I am an intuitive healer and coach and spiritualist and tarot reader and uh, a long list of things. Um, I have had to overcome my fair share of adversities and struggles in life. And through my journey, I've learned how to help others through their journeys. I say that this is important right now, especially, especially pertinent to this point in time right now because we are moving into a whole brand new age. And in this age, feminine energy is going to be very dominant. In the past, we've been living in a lot of uh, patriarchal uh, masculine energy. And there are going to be a lot of things that are gonna be revealed in this time. A lot of evils exposed people are really going to have a better understanding of what's really been going on once the veil has fully been removed. And once that happens, there is going to be a shift, excuse me, from needing to see things in a monetary sense and a valuable sense to more of a community sense. And in order for us to do that, there needs to be more loving energy, more caring energy more divine feminine energy. And so a lot of us women, we're going to be called to lead, to step up, to help the planet make this shift and to heal not only ourselves, but others as well, so that we can refocus and recenter ourselves back to that community mindset instead of the very individualistic mindset we've had for quite some time. So I help others heal I mostly focus on the area of trauma um, because it is a energy signature that I know very, very well. And um, I didn't realize it until quite some time into my journey of uh, how these different traumatic events that we go through are tied to these energetic signatures that we carry around and let bog us down and change us, oftentimes not for the better. And so once I kind of started making a connection between the two, it made a lot more sense um, and why it was a lot more difficult to heal from things because, you know, even though you may have a surface level event, there are always a a series of events that have taken place before that event that led you to that spot in the first place. And so it takes us to go deep and really dig to the core of what makes us who we are and exactly what we need to heal. So that's what I help Divine Feminines do. I help them figure out what they need to heal so that they can unlock their gifts, purposes, talents, etc. And overall just be the best fucking bad bitch that they want to be. <laughs> so yeah, on this podcast we'll talk about a lot of different things. Um, I really, really, really want to help a lot of divine feminines, especially those who are just now waking up, really understand how 
spiritual life is in nature. And this was another thing that took me a very long time to connect through my journey. But I did finally realize that all of the events that took place in my life had so much of a higher calling and meaning when they happened. And looking back and reflecting on that, I realized, wow, everything is spiritual in nature. So I'll help you kind of analyze the things that go on and understand that your life, everything is divinely orchestrated to work in your favor. And sometimes you just got to make a few tweaks and twists to really get where you want to be. So we'll talk a lot about spirituality. Uh, Another aspect that we'll also talk a lot about is hypergamy. We'll talk a lot about hypergamy because it took me a long time to make the connection between how very spiritual in nature hypergamy is. Um, There were quite a few uh, women who I followed through the process and and listen to um, along the journey. And, and I would hear them say little things here and there. And I didn't necessarily realize um, how spiritual it was in nature, but I knew that they knew it because of the little things that they would say here and there. <clears throat> so understanding your divine feminine energy and how um, hypergamy and the two intertwine is also something that I'll touch a lot on in this podcast as well. Of course, there'll be lots of conversations about healing, self-healing, how to heal yourself through almost any and everything that you've been through. I mean, when I tell you I've been through it all, I've been through it all. Well, not all, but, you know, I've never been sex trafficked or anything like that. But, you know, I've survived sexual assault, domestic violence. I then worked as a domestic violence advocate for domestic violence victims for six and a half years. And let me tell you, I wasn't ready. (laughs) I... I had no idea how stressful that that situation and that job would be um, for various reasons. And because I didn't major in social work in college, I also did not realize how taxing and draining it was, especially because it, I was more than halfway through that job before I began my spiritual awakening. And... It wasn't until then that I realized how sensitive I was to energy and how much I was picking up and absorbing and basically how toxic it was for me. So I finally decided that, you know, I would follow a different path and purpose and and help women heal on their journeys in in a more realistic, down-to-earth, so to speak, way. So through my experiences, traumas, ups, downs, twists, turns. I've learned to understand the energies and sometimes more so what the universe is asking you to think about and really analyze and change in your life. So we'll talk about healing. We'll also talk about everyday women's problems, relationships, career, kids, damn kids, probably more kids (laughs) because they're kind of a hot mess nowadays, but you know, we love them. Um, But yeah, one aspect that I really kind of want to focus on in talking about parenting is also conscious parenting, right? Um, I I am a mom. I'm a single mom. I have a just turned 12 year old boy who is, uh, (laughs) he's, he's, he's a piece of work. (laughs) Let me just say that. But 
I can't complain. He's just like me. Our birthdays are nine days apart. So um, he reminds me a lot of myself um, in some ways when I was younger. But um, he he definitely is very conscious. Um, he's a Libra sun and a Pisces moon. So, you know, there's that. But I sometimes get very excited about how much more understanding he has at his age about spirituality than I had at his age. Um, and so I really try to pay uh, close attention to raising him to be more conscious and aware of the spiritual aspects and natures of life so that he fully understands what the universe is asking him to do along his journey. So uh, conscious parenting and, you know, creating a conscious community of children is something we'll talk a lot about. We'll also talk a lot about honing in on your spiritual gifts, learning what you're gifted at, what you're meant to do with those gifts, how it can help serve the community and possibly even the world, how you can unlock those gifts through your healing journey. We'll talk a lot about that. And then we'll also just kind of be learning and growing from one another talking with one another, communicating with one another about where we've been on our path. And it's so ironic as I'm looking at the clock when I say this, I see 333. So <laughs> I love a good synchronicity here and there. But yeah, we'll be just kind of be creating a nice little community of women that can get together and really understand our journeys a lot better and understand and fully embrace the fact that this journey is not meant to break you. It's meant to make you stronger. You just have to really shift your focus from not so much of a victim mindset. Why is this happening to me? What did I do? Why did I deserve this mindset? To a, this is what happened, but this is what I learned from it. And I'm going to take that and move forward. It's just as simple as that. It took me years to learn it, but it's just as simple as that. So please feel free to come with me on this journey. I'm elated. I'm excited. We're going to talk about a lot. We're going to really get to the core of a lot that takes place in this 3D reality so that we can ascend, we can grow, we can get to a much higher level of consciousness and understanding of what we're really meant to be doing here on earth and what really matters. I can't wait for you to join me on the journey. Hey, my special ass, beautiful ass, magical ass goddesses. It's me, your girl, Kayla, and welcome to my first podcast of Divine Fem Rising. I'm so glad that you can join me today. I look forward to everyone joining me on this journey of understanding your spirituality and how powerful you are as a woman. What unique possibilities and uniqueness that you have but you may not realize it because society does everything possible to keep you awake or asleep rather from knowing who you truly are. These are interesting times that we're in right now because we're really seeing the rise of feminine energy, this more nurturing, caring, supportive, community-based type of shift that we're going through. And it may not make a lot of sense to everyone now because it seems like there's a lot of chaos and confusion and things are really hard to see if, if you haven't really opened your third eye and realized that you have three eyes to see. 
One of them tells you a lot more than the two that you have. <laughs> but that's a topic for a whole different day. But yeah, we're, we're seeing all of this chaos and confusion take place right now so that we can have a shift. And that shift taking place is going to be the rise of the divine feminine energy so that we can focus on what's really important in the world. We can stop focusing on what people portray their lives to be like on social media and all of these drama-filled TV shows and kids shows that often have satanic subliminal messages in them and focusing on big houses and cars and money and ignoring when we see others who are in need and suffering and walking past them and looking down on them. We're moving more into a time where we value things again, not material things, but we get back to core values, which to be perfectly honest, has been something that's been getting killed off a little bit in this time. So that's what this shift taking place is about. And my job is to help as many divine feminines on their journey to healing and self-actualization and growth as I possibly can. I've been through the journey and when I tell you I've been through a lot, <laughs> that would be an understatement <laughs> to be quite honest. It really, really would. I have been through my fair share and I'll share bits and pieces of my story with you all on this journey. But for now, I wanted to get a little bit more into the divine feminine journey, right? Because a lot of people ask me like, what does it mean to be a divine feminine? And what it means to be a divine feminine is to be uh, the true actualization, the physical actualization of what God's perfect woman would be, right? I don't know why. Um, well, I do know why. <laughs> Whenever my guides and ancestors really want me to know or understand something, they'll send it to me in twos. Uh, I had a tarot reader that I love to watch on YouTube. Her name is Carissa. She runs the page Flavor Vivid. I love her. Um, for Halloween, she dresses up when she does her readings. And uh, one of the characters that she did for the Libra reading, because I am a Libra son, uh, she dressed up as Lilu from The Fifth Element, which I loved that movie when I was younger. So I was really ecstatic to, to hear the reading while she was dressed up as the character. And something after that reading was like, man, I would really love to see that movie again. And long behold, I happened to be scrolling through Hulu one day out of boredom and there it was. So I decided to rewatch it again. And that movie was literally about a divine feminine creating a perfect being that is woman. We are perfect in every way, even though society tries to get us to believe that we are not. They always try to get us to believe that there is always something wrong with us, whether it be our hair, our weight, what size clothing we wear, what kind of clothing we wear, what size shoe we wear, if we wear makeup, if we don't wear makeup, if we get our nails done, if we don't get our nails done. I mean... I can't even sit and list all the ways that women are regularly picked apart in our society. But it's methodic, methodical. It's done for a reason. And that's 
for you to not really see and understand how powerful you are, that you are the perfect being. When you learn this, you learn to understand that the circumstances around you don't control your life and that ultimately you are in control. Through different forms of suppression, women have really been made to feel like we weren't capable, like there was always some blockage keeping us from where we wanted to be and what we wanted to pursue. And as you can see over the past 60 years, those barriers have just been slowly falling and we've been slowly breaking through them. And it's just going to continue at a much more rapid pace. You see, what we've gotten away from is a sense of community where the people who have learned important lessons in life share those important lessons with others so that everyone can grow together. That is the special journey of divine feminines coming into their spiritual journey right now. You are going to be trained, per se, (laughs) to help a younger generation know the right way. Not the way that we were taught in this very 3D matrix, believing that we had no control over anything that we did and everything was just kind of up to luck and circumstance instead of understanding that we create those luck and circumstances that work in our favor, you're going to start to know how powerful you are. And then in growing in your power, you can teach the next generation how to do more of the same and possibly even do it better. So I'm here to help you on that journey. Now comes the tough part. (laughs) How do you get to that point? Well, You start on your healing journey and the healing journey looks differently from everyone because we all have different things to heal from. Some of us have relationship issues to heal from. Some of us have family issues to heal from. Some of us have work and career related issues to heal from. And a lot of times it kind of is a combination of everything. Sometimes when you start the healing journey, you may think that there's just one aspect that you need to heal. Mm -hmm. And then you come to the realization that there's so much more taking place. That there are deeper wounds. And those deeper wounds are the ones that created all the other ones that you ended up with. So when you start the healing journey, you come to understand why certain things took place in your life. And it's never to hurt you or to put you in depression or to make you feel like you're not enough or you're not worthy. It is to help you grow, to help you become stronger, to help you become the person that you were really meant to be. All growth comes through pain. All true growth comes through pain. Because if you learn lessons the easy way, you really wouldn't get the point of having to go through it, now would you? I may have had to uh, take some time to finally figure that out, but I did. And I realized that even as much as I tried to deny it, that no, 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 I would have understood what was going on if, if things didn't have to get so hard. But when I sat back and I finally got honest with myself, I realized like, man, I was blatant oblivious to everything going on around me. And I really did need those lessons. 
So sometimes the hard lessons are the best lessons because they teach us the most. They really force us to sit and analyze those situations. And that's what you do on your healing journey. You analyze why you made the decisions that you made, where those decisions stem from, who those decisions hurt sometimes, if not others, even if those decisions just hurt you. You have to sit down and force yourself to be honest enough with yourself so that you can grow from it and become better. During the beginning of my journey, I always was very much so in victim mode. Like, oh, why is this happening to me? And oh, everything is so terrible and poor, poor me. And I realized that it was the divine trying to slow me down and get me to see things, to understand people better their intentions not only that but to understand who I was and I had to learn who I was through others even though I thought that I could have just figured it all out on my own I realized that I couldn't have I wouldn't have the results would have never been the same one of the other biggest parts of the healing journey is also to realize how truly, truly powerful you are, that you are the person that creates your destiny, as long as you learn the lessons. For instance, you ever just have that one friend that you love dearly, you really, really do, but they don't make the best relationship decisions, right? <laughs> Everybody's got that one girlfriend. You're just like, oh, girl, if you tell me another story about this man, I'm going to go crazy. But regardless of all of relationship failures, that friend will still choose to make the same choices in her relationship partners over and over and over and over again, thus not learning the lesson. You see, those are the type of things that happen in life that keep us on what's called the karmic wheel. And the karmic wheel is kind of a, a, a tricky sucker because the karmic wheel can either work in your favor or it can work against you, right? What you put out is what you will get back. So if you're putting out good intentions and focusing on yourself and your growth and your connection, with source universe spirit your ancestors guides and angels then you will grow you will flourish will it happen overnight absolutely not <laughs> i don't want to taint your expectations because divine timing is always something that's at play is always essential so yes it will take time but eventually you grow and you thrive because you know that you can get the karmic will to work in your favor and not against you. The karmic will works against you when you keep making the same dumbass decisions, doing the same dumbass things, getting the same dumbass results, because that is the literal definition of insanity. And if you look at the world today, it's insane. We've all gone insane. Well, I won't say we all. Most of them, I'm going to say them, most of them have gone insane. They've lost their minds. They don't know what to do with themselves. Especially with all of the particular planetary alignments going on right now, which I'm not going to go into. I'm not a full-blown astrologer or anything. But 
if you have some time, you know, look up some great YouTubers that you can find that talk about astrology placement and planetary placement um, so that you understand a little bit better what I'm talking about right now. But there are a lot of serious planetary placements that are taking place that are forcing people to see how unauthentic they've been, how unhealed they are, how unreliant they've been on themselves and they have been on others and it's not been serving them in a very good way. For some people, this has just been, you know, a two-year cycle. For some people, it's been a 10-year cycle. For some people, it's been a 30-year cycle. But people are being forced to wake up now to see, understand, and learn to value what is really important. One of the more important aspects as to why the divine feminine is very important on this journey is because the divine feminine is love. The divine feminine receives love and the divine feminine gives love. What heals better than love? It's one of the ultimate healing tools, which circling back around <laughs> kind of brings me back to uh, the fifth element again. Because at the very end of that movie, where they had set up the four pillars and the elements and Lilu was in the middle, and she said she felt like she didn't have enough. She couldn't keep going. And Bruce scooped her up, you know, in the all super dramatic, romantic sense in the movies. And he says, what do you need? And she says, love. For a lot of divine feminines, we are coming into a time where we are realizing what true love really means for us. Or, at least if you've been paying attention, <laughs> that's something that you're, that you're at being asked to focus on at this time. What is true love for you? And one of those things that's incorporated in true love for you should be love for yourself. Because how can you expect someone else to love you if you don't love you? And oftentimes, that is the damage that is creating, that is created, I'm sorry, and forces us to go on that healing journey because we realize that we've been looking outside of ourselves for everyone else and other situations to fix us, to make us better, to make us whole, to make us feel complete when we are already complete. We are already whole. How can you as a woman not already be whole when you yourself create life? You good, boo. You are whole. You just need to understand and realize that there is more power in being whole than there is in feel like, feeling like you need to rely on somebody else to feel powerful or something else to feel powerful. It does take time. It is not an easy process. Once again, I'm not going to tell you that it's, you know, all rainbows and sunshine and love and light. And, ugh, I hate when I hear people do love and light, everybody. I'm just like, no. Um, you know, everything is duality in the universe. There is light and there is dark. And you have to learn to embrace both. That's another important aspect of the journey is learning to embrace both the light and the dark. You will not always be able to control what happens in the darkness, but you always know that eventually the sun shines, it comes out, things get bright again. 
But the darkness isn't anything that you should be afraid of. It's a time that you should become more comfortable with learning to embrace, which to tell you that I struggle with that would be an understatement. (laughs) I mean, but I also need you guys to understand, like my journey was, yeah, it was, it was that it was a journey. I mean, there was a good uh, 15 years of just situation after situation. And I mean, it only got worse once I started my spiritual awakening. (laughs) I mean, I'm laughing and you guys will understand why I'm laughing as I go on and, and explain to you some of the things that have taken place in my life. But I mean, you know, it's, it is not for the weak, but there is an incredible strength that you find when you complete it and you see the divine nature of it all. Like, I find myself on the spiritual journey just being in awe and amazement of the little things that take place in everyday life, right? For instance, um, one day I happened to be coming home from work and I saw a young lady who, uh, I don't, I don't know what she was doing, but she crashed into, uh, like a concrete sign on the street that was on the sidewalk right next to the road. And she crashed pretty hard (laughs) and she was a little confused when she got out of the car, but there was a guy who got out of his car, pulled over immediately And he happened to be a firefighter. And I thought to myself, look at how the universe works. Should she have been in need of some serious attention, medical attention? At least the right person was there at the right time to find intervention. She didn't really need it. You know, she was just a little shaken up and was fine and walked away a little bit later. But just little things like that. That always just ceased to amaze me, to get me to see how everything magically works together, which is also another part of the spiritual journey that gets a little hard and difficult to understand, especially when you get thrown in the trenches of life. <laughs> Things just don't quite seem to go your way and you get confused by it all, but everything always seems to magically come together, work in your favor as long as you do the work. I I hate to put it like this, and I'm going to warn you now, if you do not like harsh realities, if you do not like hearing truths, if you like hearing watered down versions of the things that you need to do to better and improve yourself, please turn this podcast off now. (laughs) This is where you insane. (laughs) I am not a person um, who will tell you what you want to hear. I am a woman who will tell you what you need to hear. But of course, anything that I'm telling you that you need to hear, you really need to hear. It is for your um, growth. It it is never my intention to come off sounding righteous or judgmental. You know, I, I am no one to judge another person. So it's never my intention. But I do want you to understand that. I mean, what I'm saying is through to me. So there's that. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, one of the really important things that we're going to be going through, um, at this time, um, in our healing journey as divine feminines 
and your self-growth is learning how to stop playing victim. This is kind of a big one. (laughs) And I know this is a big one because after my abusive relationship, I worked in domestic violence as a legal advocate for six and a half years. I work with victims every day, filling out orders of protections or counseling them, just helping them with whatever they needed. And I, I very clearly saw early on how much uh, women were afraid to take control of their lives because of past hurts, past patterns, ancestral patterns, generational curses, shall we say. And they got stuck in this victimhood mode of why me, why me, why me, feeling like they had no control over what took place in their lives. And no matter how much I tried to get them to see, and there were a few that I was able to help, but for a majority, no. They were still stuck in that victimhood mentality of, why does everyone do this to me? Divine feminines, my loves, my sweets. I want to tell you, them days, they got to (laughs) go. They got to go, they got to go, they got to go. Um, you know, I do work as a life coach. I am an intuitive life coach. And oftentimes you'll hear me say over and over again, yes, this may be what someone did to you, but what are you going to do about it? Everything in this world is cause and effect. There's cause something and that cause should have an effect. What kind of effect do you want to create is the question. It's all up to you. Everything is up to you. Even when you feel like you don't have a choice, you really do. Sometimes even if the choice is not making a choice, which that's a whole nother rabbit hole we won't go down today. But yeah, this healing journey really requires you to make better choices, to really analyze your choices. Even if it just starts out with you getting one of those friends that tells you, girl, what are you doing? Like, please have all the seats possible. Start there. Do whatever it is you got to do. But don't avoid starting because the longer you avoid it, the more you're going to start to see that that karmic will is going to turn against your favor. I don't want that for you and I know you don't want that for you. So stop fighting it and just put in a little bit of work. Even if you just start in baby steps, which you're going to start in baby steps. And <laughs> let me tell you, the ride gets uh, gets pretty high. <laughs> I, I remember when I started my healing journey and I found out about shadow work. And shadow work is basically that healing aspect of you going through situations and events in your past that may have hurt you or caused you some type of damage or or changed you who you were originally as a person and when I sat down to start my shadow work I was like oh oh this won't be hard I'm good I only have two things to heal from (laughs) joke was on me I did not (laughs) I had way more than two things that I needed to heal from but you know at the time Uh, that was all that really kind of stuck out. Um, But sometimes as you go deeper, one thing you realize 
was stemmed by something else, was stemmed by something else, was stemmed by something else. And more often than not, you're going to find that everything that you're ending up healing from all stemmed from inner childhood wounds. What do I mean when I say inner childhood wounds? I mean things like maybe um, when you were younger, your parents got a divorce and one of your parents just decided not to be present in your life. And then that created an inner childhood wound of abandonment issues so that you fear in your personal relationships, friendships, that people are going to abandon you, right? Or maybe um, maybe you dealt with some, some type of trauma growing up. Maybe you grew up in a household with domestic violence and that led to codependency issues. Or maybe you grew up with sexual trauma and that may create some intimacy issues. Maybe you grew up in a very toxic, narcissistic household and that creates the list of a list of things, let's just say that, that can create so many different types of issues. And it really just depends on what you're meant to learn in this lifetime growing up in a household like that, that will determine how that affects you, right? I noticed that the years I spent working in domestic violence, I would always come across children that responded differently to growing up in those households. I would have some children that would mimic the narcissistic behavior. And then I noticed that there were some children that were completely opposite and were very sympathetic and caring to the victim and what was going on. And before my spiritual awakening, I couldn't really quite figure out why that was. And then after my spiritual awakening, it became very clear. So how you respond to that, right? If you grew up in a narcissistic household, you had a narcissistic parent or two narcissistic parents, God forbid you. But if you grew up in that type of environment, you yourself may carry those narcissistic tendencies or you yourself may um, have a little bit of Stockholm syndrome where you take up for the narcissist or you try to protect the narcissist where you feel sorry for the narcissist especially if you are an empath and you feel much more strongly than other people do you are a narcissist perfect target so yeah there's that along with a plethora of other things that actually stem from our childhoods, but we don't necessarily realize it. And it affects everything and everyone that we bring into our world. And a majority of our society today functions with all of these inner childhood wounds that are completely unhealed, which is why we have the society that we have today, where people are constantly involved in drama and chaos, and they have these very superficial relationships. They're not happy in their relationships. They don't love their partners. Everything is just for show and it's kind of created this big 
big, 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 big facade. Everybody's, everyone's life is more of a facade than a reality, right? Um, perfect example, um, the whole Danny Lay and the baby situation, which, God, this actually couldn't have been more of a perfect example, right? Because here it is that you have a young lady who openly rubbed um, her relationship with one of his exes in that ex's face. I mean, you know, they were going back and forth and back and forth on Instagram and, you know, just kind of poking jabs at each other every chance that they got. Only for the baby to treat Danny Lay just like he's treated all the rest of the women that he's been with because he ain't shit. And... I think maybe now she understands a little bit better of the choices and decisions she should have made, the things that she should have been paying attention to. Now, don't think that I don't have sympathy for her because I do. She's young. We all make mistakes. But that's the point. And when things like this occur and they happen, did you learn the lesson? Or are you going to repeat it? Are you going to leave the baby and then turn around and get in another relationship with a baby? <laughs> That's what they are, grown babies. Are you going to do that? Or are you going to sit down and take the time to understand why you made the decision that you made? What it is inside of you that you need to work on? I see so many women that feel like love has to be a competition I see so many women who seek validation through validation from others. It's all they do. They post pictures with everything hanging out and don't spare me the BS about body positivity and, you know, all that other stuff. No, it is attention seeking because at the end of the day, how would I feel? If I were in a relationship and I know my spouse has pictures all over the place and everybody gets to see what I see. I don't know about you ladies, but I wouldn't be happy about that. There's nothing left in the feminine trait of preservation, of mystery. It's a very, very, very feminine trait that is pretty much all but gone in today's society. And I mean, you can just simply see this by scrolling on social media. Another part of this divine feminine journey besides feeling is actually getting in touch with divine feminine energy. What is divine feminine energy? <clears throat> Pretty much opposite of everything you see today. <laughs> like really, it really, really is. You know, all this booty shaking and hmm, girl, no, like this. Uh, no, just no. Uh, all the twerking and, you know, um, turn ups and being sloppy drunk on social media and fighting over men and competing. Ugh, ugh, let's not talk about the pick Misha's. Actually, no, let's do. Uh, that is probably one of the most unfeminine traits I have ever seen in my entire life. And trust me, I get it. I get it. We have created a society where women actually think that men are the prize, which completely is not true, boo. You are the prize. 
But a lot of women think that men are the prize. And so they will oftentimes do some very desperado things to get the attention of men. Um, somebody was showing me a post on Facebook the other day. Well, uh, this girl, I think she was talking about anal. <laughs> it was random, but um, she basically was asking other people if if they liked it or not and I mean the women in there yes I do it all the time and it's just like uh girl like just no 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 that's so unfeminine there should be mystery to you not everyone should know everything about your life just from scrolling down your social media timelines they shouldn't know that you went on a vacation two months ago they shouldn't know that you had a breakup three weeks ago they shouldn't know what your ex 10 years ago did to you they should not know all of your life just from looking at you online there needs to be a certain air of mystery to a woman and we leave none of that today everything is all out in the open for everybody to absorb in every way, shape, and form. I mean that literally and figuratively. And it's too much. It's too much. I know some people are going to, you know, give me, oh, you know, we're expressing our freedom and blah, 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 blah. Uh, No. Just no. This isn't like, you know, we're living in the Amazon and it's 140 degrees, which is why we need to wear as little as possible. Like, just stop it. (laughs) No. It is, it is showing how we've created a society of women that have no standards. So a big part of your divine feminine journey is going to be learning to create not only standards, but also boundaries, how to enforce those standards, right? If someone tells you, I, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. <laughs> I, I don't people a lot. <laughs> I am, I am an empath. Um, I am very introverted. I mean, when I tell you I am sensitive to energy, like I, I cleanse myself with whatever I have available on a very regular basis because I just pick up everything. I am like an energetic sponge. So more often than not, I spend my time in the house. And uh, I had met this guy and, you know, we were having a conversation you know, talking about the things that most people talk about when you first meet someone. And he asked me, he's like, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, eh, you know, I don't really do anything. <laughs> like, you know, and not only on top of that, I'm not going to tell him things like, oh, you know, I like to learn about esoteric knowledge. <laughs> like, I'm not going to scare him off. Um, you tell people things like that. And the first assumption is, oh, my God, she's a witch. <laughs> but, you know, I was just like, yeah, you know, I don't really do too much. I just kind of chill in the house and. He was just like, oh my God, you're so boring. And I was just kind of like, uh, okay. Um, it took everything in me to kind of address it in a calm manner. But I just realized that one of my standards was not letting people dictate how I should view myself just because you prefer to be very social and go out and that is your standard of living that that isn't my standard of living 
So creating those standards and enforcing those standards and even more so enforcement is key. I see so many women that just allow themselves to get completely run over. I mean, completely run over, which I think is one of the reasons why a lot of women hate, shall we say, the bitches of society. (laughs) And when I say bitches, you know, I don't I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, you know, Um, but, you know, there are women that are not afraid to voice who they are, what they want, what their standards are, what their boundaries are, and they won't hesitate to cut you off if you don't respect those boundaries and standards but for some reason we call those women bitches and and most other women seem to hate them and that hate is really envy because they don't know how to be that woman and they really want to be I pray so often for women to recognize their power and stop allowing themselves to be misused mistreated abused We only do this to ourselves because we think we don't have any other choice. When in actuality, you do. You have a big choice. It's all up to you. And it just comes down to one simple question. Are you willing to do the work? Bada boom, bada bing, as my kid would say. (laughs) Literally just that simple. Are you willing to do the work? And if you are, Congratulations to you. I'm I'm air clapping for you. Yay. Spirit fingers. (laughs) Don't get overwhelmed when you decide to start the journey and oh, I'm going to do this now. Take it slow. One thing at a time. Work on building your connection. Understanding the energies and the things going on around you. And that'll make a world of difference in the journey. Learn to focus and put you first. I wish somebody would have told me that (laughs) in the beginning of this. (laughs) But I guess then again, there probably was no need to because yeah, when I tell you my hermit mode, (sighs) um, yeah, it's probably out of the 15 years of ups and downs that I've been dealing with on this journey, I would probably say my hermit load has lasted probably 12 no we'll say 10 years of those (laughs) I mean I just I became very 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 recluse and it was only through a little bit of healing work that I've been doing recently especially for the 1111 portal where I came to realize that I placed myself that was a self-imposed hermit mode, you know, after my spiritual awakening, I I wanted to to continue to lie to myself and say, oh no, spirit wants me isolated and, you know, I need to be alone and I need to be in my own energy and, you know, all these other lies that I was telling myself about why I wasn't out socializing and meeting people. And I realized that it was because of all these things that I had been through in my past, they scarred me, they traumatized me and it made me afraid to get to know new people out of fear of letting and allowing someone in my life that would turn out to be untrustworthy. And so through that healing work, I realized that hermit modes are necessary, but (laughs) hermit modes probably aren't supposed to last over a decade. We'll just say that. Um, (laughs) So 
yeah, you come through those deeper uncoverings and knowings and understandings, especially the more tuned in and tapped in you get. Um, Esther Hicks, I used to watch her a lot in the beginning of my journey. I can't remember how she said it. Turn, turned on, tuned in, tapped on, turned in, something like that. But yeah, she, she says that that's, that's very much so an essential part of the journey because then it lets you know what it is that you need to work on. It makes it easier for you to have that connection with your higher self. And even if you can't get that connection with your higher self, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, you know, I don't have these gifts. You do. It does take time to hone in on them. So even if you don't get a chance to have some self-understanding, discovery, and knowledge through your gifts, there's always a birth chart. <laughs> you, there's all, you know, you got multiple ways to, to, to get you through this journey. It's not, you know, just tarot and it's not just astrology and it's, you know, not just, um, secret society knowledge and occult knowledge. You know, it's, it's, it's a plethora of information put together that kind of guides you along. Um, and let me tell you, it's an exciting journey. I've been on my journey for quite a while now and whew, it's been a little bit of a ride, but I'd never take it for granted. I do love being able to look at life and see life from a much different and higher perspective than everyone else, which brings in a sense of calm, a sense of balance, a sense of knowing, a sense of peace. And that's one of the biggest gifts that this spiritual journey will give you as a divine feminine, learning how to understand how valuable peace is, how irreplaceable peace is. You get that peace when you heal, because when you heal, everything around you heals. Whatever is inside of you is what manifests outside of you. If you feel chaotic inside, your life on the outside is going to be chaotic. If you feel a lack of love on the inside, your outside life is going to be where you lack love. If you feel, um, you know, just the spirit of lack, period, in your life, then it's probably going to be really hard for you to get money and accolades and recognition that you desire. So we have to keep that in mind. You start your healing journey, you heal everything inside, and then everything outside of you heals. It's almost like magic. <laughs> it really is. So yeah, I think that's where we're going to end it today, my loves. I hope you got something out of this podcast and we'll be airing every Tuesday. So I hope that you can join me on this journey. I am ecstatic that you are joining me on this journey. And until next time. Hey, my special ass, beautiful ass, magical ass goddesses. It is me, Kayla, back with another episode of Divine Femme Rising. I hope all has been well. I hope all has been good. So today, I just kind of wanted to touch a little bit on the divine feminine and dating. It It is a, a little bit of a... a road to learn how to navigate, you shall say. Um, but for my divine feminines, I want you to keep in mind that you need to adopt a new motto when it comes to dating, right? And that motto is many will want to be in your life, 
but few will be worthy of actually being in it. I'll get to what I mean by that a little bit later. But, you know, it should be pretty straightforward. Either way, we're going to talk a little bit about how the dating journey looks for a lot of divine feminines, what you can expect, and everything that you're supposed to get out of it. So make sure you stay tuned and we're going to jump right in it, right? So divine feminine, the first part of your journey in dating is going to be the healing journey, right? Because when you're younger, you're going to have a lot of different experiences, and that's normal. That's that's how it's supposed to be. Um, a lot of those experiences won't be, shall we say, savory experiences. They won't be experiences that you enjoy, which is something I'll also jump into a little bit later. But you have to have all of these different experiences so that you understand who you are and what it is you really want out of a relationship. Not only that, but the healing journey is so that you learn to accept nothing less than what you deserve. Now, when you complete this healing journey, you're going to realize that a lot of things will happen. And if you don't understand or know much about the healing journey, don't worry. I will get into that um, in later podcast episodes. But for now, I just kind of want to focus on how healing will impact your dating life. Once you complete this healing journey, it is almost like you will become a magical bitch overnight. (laughs) And when I say this, I do not say this lightly, Divine Femmes. I really, really, really do need you to understand how powerful the transformative healing energy is and what it does for you, right? So oftentimes you will realize that while you're still in the process of your healing journey, you're still going to come across a lot of situations that won't necessarily rub you the right way. And it's not for you to become frustrated or anything like that, but it's for you to get very clear on what you don't want and what you won't accept. And once you get strong enough in that power to understand and know that for yourself, what's going to happen is that you are going to transform your aura, right? Because everything is energy. So initially when you start your healing journey, you are very low vibrational. You don't bring in much, but kind of the low of the low, you know, like, like attracts like. And so you may bring in some of some more, um, not so ideal relationships, right? But those relationships are for you to learn and grow from. And once you complete that, I can't even tell you, I can't even explain and tell you like how much will change for you, right? And I don't say this, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm, I'm probably going to clear my throat a lot. I've been um, dealing with crazy Georgia weather, right? Um, but everything from the inside out starts to transform about you. And one of those things is your aura. When you complete your healing journey, you go from a very low vibrational place to a very, very high vibrational place, right? And when you are high vibrational, you will attract things to you. Not only will you begin to attract things to you, but it will also which I found very awkward and I thought I was crazy at first until I saw a couple of other videos about other women talking about this. But during the process of your healing journey, it actually physically makes you look better. Like Devon Femmes, I shit you not, right? 
I've been going through my healing journey for quite some time and it has been quite, quite a road, right? But I remember it was uh, maybe in January or February of this year. I got up one morning, super early in the morning, like I always do. And I wasn't really paying attention to myself in the mirror, right? I'm in the bathroom and the mirror is in front of me, but I'm not really paying attention to myself in it. And as I'm getting ready to walk out of the bathroom after washing my face and brushing my teeth, I'm getting ready to turn off the light and I happen to catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror. And I had to backtrack a little bit. And I'm just staring at myself in the mirror like, is that me? (laughs) Like I, it was almost like overnight, um, I, I can't even really describe the change. I could just tell you I knew I looked different. Like my skin was brighter. There was there was just something very different. And I kind of stood in the mirror like feeling on my face. Like what? What it, did I did I use some new cream I forgot about or something? Like oh what is this? And then I started seeing these other videos of women talking about their healing journey and how it transformed their looks. And then I also remember uh, another woman that um, I religiously watch on YouTube. Her name is Contra Queen. Check her out. Um, But I remember at some point her kind of talking about that a little bit. I mean, you know, just like very briefly touching on it. But, you know, I had been following her for so long, looking at the beginning of her videos and then looking at her videos now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's been healing, too. So, you know, there is just kind of like it, it, it. I I am very much so sensing for my guys right now that the two are connected, that once, once you are very high vibrational, it kind of changes you overall, not just your energy, um, but the way your body functions, thus changing for the better, the way you look. Um, and it just overall makes you a healthier person. So do not ever, ever, ever underestimate the power of healing, um, in essence to dating, right? Because once you are fully healed, you are going to very, very, very quickly start to realize the situations that are not in your best interest because you are now much more addicted to making healthier choices for yourself. That is what healing does. That is the power of healing overall. So yeah, I I shit you not when I tell you that, I'm sorry guys. garbage trucks outside my house that's a little bit loud but um yeah I cannot I cannot um tell you how how much of a difference the healing journey um makes in who you are as a person and who you transform into going forward the healing journey of dating is the most essential part I cannot I cannot stress it enough right Because if you avoid certain parts, if you try to skip certain parts, overlook certain parts, downplay certain parts, it will be to your detriment. If you cannot understand something that you are supposed to learn or if you're refusing to see something that you're supposed to learn, you're just going to keep getting that lesson presented to you from the universe. So kind of like I tell my son, you know, just do it right the first time. You know, sometimes it may be hard. You may really think that something is for you and in your best interest and the divine is telling you that it is not. But, you know, healing also allows you to understand that if you let something go, something better, something for you, 
something more attuned to you will always come in its place. That is also a part of the healing journey, having faith in where you're being led and where you're going. So yeah, overall, it's just a, just a little, little tidbit that I kind of wanted to throw out there. Um, and for my divine feminists to really understand how, how important that aspect is, right? So next, I kind of touched on this a little bit um, in talking about healing, but you know, your dating history, right? As a divine feminine, you're probably going to go through it, right? I would, I would say about 90, 85 to 90% of divine feminines really, really go through it during the course of their relationships. Why is this? Well, this is because a lot of divine feminines are very highly, highly spiritually gifted, right? Either you are a high priestess and you have psychic or high intuitive abilities, or you are empathic, so you very easily pick up on other people's energy. Um, you are a healer. Maybe you are, um, what else was I going to say? Um, very energetically sensitive. You know, there, there are a lot of different things that divine feminists can be, um, and different spiritual gifts that they can have. But for you having these spiritual gifts, um, they can, until you learn to use them properly, they can be a little bit of a downfall in the beginning, right? Um, in everyday life, we are taught to ignore the little things. I remember when I worked as a domestic violence counselor and <clears throat> I would work with the different women and I would always, 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 always talk to them about the choices that they were making and the different relationships that they had, right? Now, for a lot of you, I'm sure you may have been through abusive situations as well. And for a lot of them, it was just very hard to process that somebody wouldn't treat them the way they were treating that other person. And when you are spiritually gifted, you unfortunately will always want to have that natural maternal instinct, right? Because being, um, in essence, a true divine feminine, you are always in a loving and caring and helpful spirit. You want nothing but the best for everyone, right? So in the process of this, this may create... Um, some situations that you may find yourself in that will, you will find yourself basically being a mother in relationships. You will attract people that can sense your very healing spirit and want to attach themselves to you um, and basically drain you. <laughs> I mean, completely drain you. And this is a part of being in that very low vibrational state, right? <clears throat> So you're going to go through it. You're going to go through a lot of relationships that could be better. We'll just say that. But it took me some years to finally realize that the journey of piss poor and pathetic relationships that I had to go on was for me to realize, understand, and clearly define what it is that I'm willing to accept and what it is that I am not. And now that I finally understand that, when I tell you, child, my cutoff game is quick. 
I'll tell you guys uh, a quick, brief little story time, right? So recently, this was actually recently, um, I had gone out on a date with a gentleman. Um, and you know, he kind of seemed, you know, really sweet at first. He seemed very attentive, but not overly attentive, uh, attentive. Like I've had in the past, almost to the point where it's borderline stalkerish. Sorry, I had to take a sip of tea. So yeah, you know, it was just kind of like a right balance. So I was like, okay. So we went out on a date and, um, yeah. Um, uh, all right, where do I start? So he came to pick me up right when he got off work and it took him maybe about 20 minutes to get to my house after he got off work, right? This is about 530 in the evening. Anyone that knows Atlanta knows that 530 in the evening on a Friday, not, not the best traffic time. And he absolutely hated traffic. So he ended up taking a bunch of side roads to get to where we were going, going. While we're in the car, you know, we're kind of talking and, you know, what could have been maybe a 30, maybe 45 minute drive ended up taking like an hour and 15, 20 minutes, but whatever. So we're in the car and we're just kind of talking about different things. And, you know, I'm not really, I'm I'm still kind of very ditzy in a sense of sometimes I don't pay attention to what people are saying when they say it, but you better believe I'm going to replay some shit in my head after the fact. This was one of those times. So we're in the car talking and, you know, he has um, a daughter and, you know, he's, he's, he never says like he's a single parent with sole custody, but he's making it seem that way, right? He's telling me that the mom has a drug habit and, you know, telling me a bunch of other stories that it's way too much for a first date. Now, I didn't catch on to a lot, but I did catch on to this much. And I won't reveal to you, you know, out of, you know, not putting his business out in these streets. I won't reveal to you um, exactly what he told me, but he did tell me, you know, quite a few things. And I'm sitting there thinking at the time, like, why the hell would you tell somebody this on a first date, you know? And he's all, oh, you're getting me emotional over here. And, you know, then all of a sudden, quick, fast, you know, just switch completely just turns it around and we you know started talking about lighter subjects after that but you know even when that had happened I thought well this is odd but whatever so this was a Friday that we went out um I kind of talked to him a little bit on Saturday and then I called him late Sunday and when I called it would just ring once and you know not even a full ring go straight to voicemail which I knew either like the phone was off on do not disturb or I was temporarily blocked, right? So when this happens, I go into replay mode in my head. <laughs> I'm like, red flag, red flag. Um, because this wasn't the first time it happened. Not necessarily that I had gotten that response. But, you know, during the course of our date, you know, he's telling me like, oh, I don't sleep very much. I sleep maybe, you know, four or five hours a night. And I stay up till this time and I get up at this time. So I'm, you know, there's been a couple times where I'll call late at night and I don't get a response. And I'm like, okay. You already told me you're up, so mm, two plus two don't equal four here, right? So I, after I called, I immediately sent a text right after and, you know, really didn't think too much of it. Never got a response, which wasn't quite like him. I got a response that very next morning and I was like, hmm. 
sir, no. When I started going into replay mode in my head, I start counting all the red flags, right? Red flag number one. I notice he has very controlling behavior, right? The fact that you don't like to sit in traffic, the fact that, you know, he's telling me how he likes his home a certain way, people around him, you know, just just little things that I'm picking up on. And I'm like, okay, he's got some serious control issues. That's number one. Uh, number two, I didn't sense a very genuine energy from him. Um, you know, it wasn't a overly exerted, you know, I'm trying really hard kind of energy, but I, it definitely didn't feel genuine when I kind of really sat with it. So there was that. <clears throat> then there was the oversharing. And when I thought more about the oversharing, I'm like, oh yeah, that's that whole narcissistic. Let me get you to feel sorry for me. Let me make you feel like you're responsible for helping fix me type of thing, right? Because people can very much so sense my healing energy, like it, it kind of oozes off of me, um, unfortunately. So it's, it's, it's basically all I attract in a nutshell. Anyway, story for another day. So yeah, I'm, you know, just going over all these things and, you know, he's making it seem like he has custody of his kid, but I'm just like, you know, I know the things you do in your spare time, especially when you get off work and yeah, no, that there's no way you have a nine-year-old child living the lifestyle that you do full time. So yeah, another red flag. I'm kind of just catching on to all these little things. And I was just like, yeah, nope, cut it off completely. Like, no explanation, you know, he's still waiting for that. And I'm not going to really, you know, go too in depth, like, you know, you should have done this. And no, 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 boo. I don't explain anything. You're just not the person for me, point blank in the period. <laughs> End of story. So, yeah. When you initially experience all those unsavory relationships, it is because the divine is asking you to learn and define what it is that you do not want, what it is that you do not tolerate so that you can get to the point where I just explained, where you will very clearly notice and pick up on red flags and peace the fuck out. <laughs> like, you know, bye Felicia, please don't call me again. And like, when I tell you my cut off game, it's ridiculous at this point. Like, I can't even explain to you, especially since I've gotten into this high vibrational um, state, you know, um, eh, eh, eh. it's a gift and a curse, ladies. Let's just say that, you know, um, so you have to really be able to use your spirit of discernment to, to figure it out who is worthy of being in your life. So that you can keep those people around and all the way she can send them about their merry little way. <laughs> all right. So dating history is so that you can remember the lessons of the lower vibrational you. The one that tolerated anything. The one that had no boundaries. The one that allowed people to walk all over them. The one that felt more sorry for people than you felt for yourself. Who had more compassion and empathy for others than you did for yourself. That person. That person. That that accepts those type of relationships. <laughs> All right. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I got distracted there for a minute. All right. I have to tell this story. So uh, as I'm in the middle of recording this, I'm sitting at my kitchen table, not too far away from my front door. And all of a sudden it just opens out of nowhere. Nobody's near it. Nobody's touched it. Door just magically opens. All right. 
that's my day in a nutshell. <laughs> I had to like stop recording. Like once I saw that, like I just had to kind of go over my house with some Palo Santo real quick. So yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, dating history and 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 going through it and remembering the lessons of the lower vibrational you. Um, it is a very essential part of the journey, although it is not. Hmm, no part of it is really fun or enjoyable, but you know, you kind of, you're here to grow and evolve. And that's not always going to be comfortable because how long would we really uh, sustain our growth if it came easy, if it didn't come with some levels of discomfort. So you'd know what it's like to be in the lowest space possible so that you never, ever want to go back to that space. (laughs) Cause that's kind of how I feel about it at this point. But there are just certain things that I would never, ever tolerate um, before I learned to heal my codependency issues. Um, you know, one of those things that I could never really tolerate in a relationship is just somebody feeling like I need to be up under them 24-7. Like, I can't even tell you guys how long I have not been in a committed relationship. And so I value my freedom and independence. And so, you know, there are a lot of codependent men out there. That's not something that we really talk about, but, you know, they try to make it seem like it's just women that are codependent, but no, 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 no. There are a lot of very codependent men. Um, and so once I learned to, to heal that aspect of me, that, that necessity of feeling like I need someone around me 24 seven is, is non-existent and I could never go back, um, to that version of relationships. Right. Because I realized that. Sometimes I need my energy for me. And that's another thing that you kind of have to learn during this dating journey is that your energy is so very sacred. Once your aura kind of starts to get bigger and brighter, you know, it's almost like I like to to compare this journey to uh, dimming lights, right? You know, the lights in the wall that slide up and down. And when you're at that very low vibrational state, it's almost like those dimmer lights are completely off or, or maybe on at the very, very lowest, uh, amount of light it can emit. Right. And as you go through your healing journey, as you learn more, as you grow more, and as you evolve that, that switch starts to slide up and your light starts to get brighter and brighter and brighter. And as your light starts to get brighter and brighter and brighter, it's like moths to a flame. They all want to come to the light. They all want to be in the light. They all want to experience the light, which is why your attraction powers become so strong, which is also why part of that journey is learning you to protect your energy and have boundaries. Everyone will want to be in your life. Few will be worthy of it. This is what you must remember. Now, this part of the journey is also very, very necessary because you will realize that a lot of people will want to date you to drain you because you have these spiritual gifts. A lot of people will kind of want to siphon those off, especially if you are one of those people that have very healing energy to others. They will want to suck you dry. I mean, almost like a vampire sticking their teeth into you, but except they're not getting out blood. They're taking your energy instead. That's why we call them energy vampires. Either way, you get my point. (laughs) Um, But yeah, these people, that is why they want to be around you. Not because they love you. It is because they can suck you dry. They can transmute that energy and drain you while giving them um, a, a, a huge and much needed often energy boost. So 
learning to protect your energy and learning who you should give it away to and who you should absolutely pull it from. And I'm not, you know, let's just understand how deeply this goes, Divine Feminine. When you are protecting your energy, you don't necessarily always need to be around people to do it. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is oftentimes you will come across energy vampires who will do things that on an everyday level, yes, we find creepy, we find unsavory and all these other things, but there's a much deeper spiritual meaning to it as well, right? So when somebody sits on social media looking at all your pictures and thinking evil thoughts of you, guess what? That is a form of sorcery. They are sending you an evil eye. So yeah, things start to kind of go wrong in your life or if you're wondering why you're not getting required results in certain areas of your life, it's probably because you have people doing this. And so you need to learn how to protect your energy, not just when people are around you, but also people that are sending negative energy your way because they don't get the desired results that they want from you, which will happen. <laughs> people are going to be mad about it, especially the people that you once knew that come into this newer version of you, they're, they're, they're not going to be as comfortable with the version of you that they can't quite readily take advantage of like they used to. So yes, do be prepared for people to be mad, like big mad, not even a little mad, like super mad. They're going to be really mad. Either way, doesn't matter because it's your life that you have to look after. So once you learn to set up these energetic boundaries and learning to protect your energy, then you need to set up the regular boundaries. Kind of like I described in the story earlier. No, it, a lot of people, I hate when <laughs> I used to work with, you know, abuse victims and they used to tell me, oh, you know, I didn't know he was like this. And I used to tell them like, what do you expect him to walk up to you and be like, yeah, girl, I'm going to fuck up your life and ruin it. Like, who says that? No guy tells you that they are going to completely ruin your life. They want to act like everything's all bread and butter. So no, please don't expect people to tell you who they are. It's up to you to figure it out. And all of those lessons will help you do just that. And once you get down the lessons, those are what help you set up your boundaries. For instance, if you finally learn the lesson of people um, just interacting with you whenever it's convenient for them right you call them and you know they don't necessarily answer or pick up um and then they call you you know when they want to sleep with you or you know when they're bored and so they figure you know maybe they can go out with you or just you know do things that work in their best interest and not in both of your best interests right you realize that that's something that you don't like. And so you set up that boundary. Once you are healed and you start going on your dating journey again and you come across these types of people, you cut them off. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Do you have to explain it to them? You can. I would not, uh, I would not suggest that at all. <laughs> because oftentimes these type of people that you deal with, they're going to try to manipulate the situation. Oh, what do I do? Oh, I can do better. And then they'll try to improve that for a short amount of time. And then they'll go right back to the same old bullshit. So as far as I'm concerned, you never need to explain yourself. You never need to tell people why you make the choices that you make because they are just that your choices. You can inform them of the choice if you like, but <laughs> If you do, you'd be better than me because most of the time I don't even do that. Like, I'm just like, eh, nah, I'm good. Uh, so, yeah, learn the lessons, create the boundaries, enforce the boundaries. 
it's really pointless to have a boundary that you're not enforcing. You can't tell people, oh, I don't like to be treated a certain way, and then they treat you a certain way, and then you just continue to take it. Because oftentimes what will happen is if you verbalize a boundary, they will question you to death on it and get you to change your mind. So oftentimes I will not reveal what I'm thinking, why I'm thinking, what I'm thinking, or any of that. I just tell you what I tell you vaguely. And, you know, you can ask me to explain it, and I'm going to tell you I don't need to. Point blank in the period. So yeah, that's that's a little bit of us touching on dating for the divine feminine, kind of the whole purpose of the experience, what the process is meant to bring during your healing journey and and during your later part of the dating journey once you've had a chance to heal and forgive yourself, more importantly, also forgive others so that you can be the best version of you moving forward and get what you deserve out of life and nothing less. So I'm so glad I could catch up with you ladies. Um, if you're interested in coaching services, you can always email me at divinefemrising11 at gmail.com. And until the next podcast episode, ladies, I'll talk to you later.